You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Hello and welcome on in to another episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Water, alongside Thomas Carinante. Man, the New York Yankees are two games into their terrifying stretch that will separate the men from the boys, the wheat from the chaff. And, you know, you ain't playing the Detroit Tigers and Kansas City Royals anymore. These are the beasts of the East, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Toronto Blue Jays, the Rays again, and then the Astros out West. Uh, well, 2-0, pretty good. It's not over yet. I mean, I just described a whole bunch of games, so it's not like it's over, but you win the first two, win the series against the Rays. Can't do any better than the 2-0 in a two-game stretch. So, face the AL Cy Young frontrunner last night, Shane McClanahan, the single worst hitter in baseball, took him deep for a three-run home run. Kyle <laughs> Gashiroka. So, I don't know. Uh, Corey Kluber, Garrett Cole, very frustrating. They can't hit Corey Kluber, but you know who's even more frustrated? Yandy Diaz, who doesn't understand the concept of instant replay. 2 nothing win. Clay Holmes locks down both of them. We're obviously going to talk about those two games. Uh, specifically, though, Clay Holmes and Aroldis Chapman, who is healthy, is on the mend, said to everybody just before this series started, I'm actually good to go. Well, we'll see. We'll let you know when, of course. Uh, obviously winning the series is huge, although you'd love to put the foot on the gas tonight. And Aaron Judge went yard against McClanahan, too, by the way. The best player – has that ever happened before? The best player in baseball and the worst player in baseball, both homer in the same game for the same team? I don't know. I certainly don't recall it. But it did happen last night. That's two straight wins for the Bronx Bombers in this series. And it's six in a row overall after the tough Nestor Cortez start in Minnesota. So, again, not bad at all. But the money – Coming down the pike for Aaron Judge. The arbitration case is around the corner. Maybe, maybe not. Hey, maybe the Yankees want to be smart. Maybe it's actually not around the corner at all. So we will talk about those details as well. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. Drop us a mailbag question in that review. It, it The process is so easy. You just got to type it in the review, and then, and then we will get back to you. But just let us know. Uh, we'd love to answer your mailbag questions. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast uh, again. Like, there will come a time when Clay Holmes blows a save. There will come a time when the Yankees blow a 4 nothing lead to the Rays instead of just blowing it down to 4-3. These things will happen. Uh, they still haven't. 
team is 46 and 16 and you got local radio guys saying i have nothing to complain about something to complain about nestor cortez jr making a friend that's where we're at yeah i haven't broke a lamp yet there will be a time where i break a lamp i will break one lamp it will happen um but 30 games over 500 on june 15th come on uh 13 out of the last 14 games they've won which is funny because Braves are the talk of the town winning 14 straight. Yankees somehow a little bit under the radar, a little bit, um, with, with 13 out of the yeah. last 14. Um, but these two victories, cathartic for me. You run into another Cole Kluber. We did it in Tampa. Lost that one. You knew we were going to lose it, though. Then this time around, it's like, okay. It's happening again, but we, we simply cannot lose it. Um, and what was especially fulfilling for me in that game um, on Tuesday night was the complaints from the Rays, specifically from Yandy Diaz. Um, solely because at that point, you're grasping for straws to figure out how you're going to win the game or finding excuses. And to me, the Rays have never been like that. The Rays have just been the silent, strong type, just letting things unfold before their eyes. They've watched the Yankees collapse. They've watched the Red Sox collapse. They've been just, they've been causing trouble since they've existed, whether it was major or not. And they've never spoke. They've never really spoken up about things outside of, you know, Kevin Kiermaier running his mouth, which is customary um, and things like that. But Yandy Diaz complaining about being thrown out at second and then saying it cost them the game. At that point, they're down to nothing. At that point, that should have been a double play if Garrett Cole makes a regular throw for whatever reason he did not. Um, And lastly, it was an out. The replay showed it was an out. Um, So if you're making an excuse for – the ums costing you the game in the top of the sixth inning when an error was going to keep the inning alive and your seven or six hits in that game or seven hits in that game were all singles. You are lost as a person. Well, so, um, so it's good to see. Go, yeah. go. No, no. It's just like, we're, we're, we're not talking about like two, one game bases loaded, yeah. you know, stack fly lifted to right. And it's a bang, bang play at the play and the ums get the call wrong. We're talking about runner on first, no outs. Uh, Garrett Cole has a potential double play ball, easy force at second. He whips it into the outfield. It's one of the worst throws you'll ever see. And the Rays go from benefiting from a terrible throw to immediately, you know, they, they go to the video monitor, they look at it. it Glaber Torres has the ball in his hand and foot on the bag. What, the, what more do you want? It's not like something wasn't stolen from you. Garrett Cole tried to give you a present. Yeah. Garrett Cole, Garrett Cole tried to fall apart. And he couldn't quite manage it because Glaber Torres made a great play to stay on the back. He's he's out. Was it conclusive enough to overturn? Yes. <laughs> it shows a foot Pretty on much. the bag and a ball in the glove. I mean, I'm surprised it was overturned because how these things work. But he's out. Yeah. Very close call. Great play, play by Glaber, um, who's been shining defensively now that he's returned to second base. Um, odd thing to complain about. Very odd thing to complain about. You scored zero runs. Um, there were, you know, at that point, that was the only inning where you really threatened much of anything. Um, and uh, proud of Cole for getting out of that because the Rays typically have his number. They break him down at some point. Um, almost got to it there. It was nice to see him go up, run off the mound, pumped up, um, getting the double play ball. Um, finally using his fire and energy and passion for a good cause um in that game uh but yeah if we're in the raise heads at this point you know i'm not the i'm not the real estate guy but if you're complaining about that clearly there's and if you know taylor walls last series unprompted saying the yankees are very beatable 
for some reason were in their head. I don't know why. I don't know what happened between the beginning of this year and the end of the last two seasons when the Rays have gotten the last laugh. Um, But they're running with it the complete wrong way. Um, It is a little bit demoralizing to, you know, be 11 games back or is it's 11 now it's currently 11 11 they're they're a game and a half ahead of the red Sox. wow so yeah a little bit demoralizing to be that you know far behind a team who wasn't supposed to be this good um but i to me that's a good sign yankees once again kind of just staying quiet hands off um going through the motions enjoying the time aaron judge's comments are great he's like this is amazing i'm having an awesome time but also we have to worry about tomorrow and the day after that. We're not done, but we're going to enjoy it. It's not like, you know, the the, the manufactured uh, New England-Boston bullshit where it's uh, nothing matters until we actually uh, win the, the main prize of the yeah. championship. Um, it's good to hear the both ends of the coin. Yeah, enjoy yourself. Have a great time. We're kicking ass. Also, it doesn't really matter. This team still has a lot to prove. Um, and – Shutting out, holding the Rays to three runs in two games, I think is a pretty damn good starting point. And then uh, last night, um, another reason to maybe kind of believe we might be in their heads a little bit. Brett Phillips drops the Josh Donaldson fly ball, which should have been an out. They intentionally walk Isaiah Connor Falefa instead of just facing him. And then Kyle Higashioka goes deep for the three run homer, and that's the game. That's his third home run of the season. That's the game. That makes it. Four nothing at that point. I know they staged a little bit of a comeback. They got to the bullpen there a little bit, but um, you're not you're not getting past Clay Holmes, as Isaiah Connor Falefa said. When he comes in, we know the game is over. Um, another awesome, like perfectly cocky thing to say because thirty straight innings without a run allowed by Clay Holmes. The last time he gave a run was opening day. Um, the last two games have been, you know, even though they haven't been the prettiest, the offense hasn't really been there. I like when the pitching gets the job done. I like when the defense is tight. I like when we're capitalizing on other teams' mistakes. Um, we're finally kind of in that position where it feels like we haven't been. You know, over the last two years, it felt like it was the complete opposite. Yeah, this is – I mean, I, I do want to just remind everybody that we are in pretty unprecedented territory, and nothing is impossible. You know, impossible things happen every so often. The 1998 season was basically impossible wire to wire, and so – Maybe these things won't end. Maybe these streaks won't end. But Clay Holmes is in a territory with Mariano Rivera where he's basically at the, you know, no one has thrown this many scoreless innings in a row. The Yankees have 13 straight wins in the Bronx. Longest home winning streak in the new stadium. Longest in either stadium in about 50 years. Uh, Obviously, there were no winning streaks at the new stadium 50 years ago. It doesn't take a genius to know that. But they did 13 straight in 73. They did 13 straight in 1947. Uh, 14 straight, you're getting up to the 27 Yankees and the 54 Yankees. Even this many wins at home, disconnected, doesn't happen very often. Talk about the Rays making errors. I mean, I mean, like there's no sure sign of your team crumpling at the seams. That I mean, they, the Yankees scored their two runs on Tuesday because of a clutch Connor Falefa single and then an airmailed throw from Randy Orozarena. Good throw gets stand. Good throw gets stand at the plate by five feet. And it's a terrible throw. And it allows Glaber Torres to score from first. Great base running, reminiscent of that Astros game where he just stole the run by taking second and third home. And everybody's going, What's he doing? He's he's scoring. That's what he's doing. Uh, you know, a two-nothing game. 
the the, the Rays get a base runner with two outs against Clay Holmes, and then he gets Mejia, who actually barrels one up into the gap. But that's a nothing-nothing game in the ninth, if not for some bad defense by the Rays. And yesterday, oh, and one of those runners was on because Manny Margot dropped a fly ball. Yes. And then, and then yesterday, Brett Phillips doinks one off his glove in the gap. I mean, how long have we felt like the Yankees were winning games 4-3 because everything broke right and then losing and working so hard to lose every other game with bad defense, shoddy base running, not winning at the margins. That's what the Rays are supposed to be. And they look defensively deficient in this series. And it's not just this series. They've been, they give up uh, the, the most unearned runs in baseball right at the top of that list. Um, maybe this is an elementary theory, but it does feel like the Red Sox shaming them in the playoffs last year, turned their personal franchise tied and upended them a little bit. Uh, you know, Kevin Kiermeyer scores the winning run in one of those games. If Hunter Renfro doesn't kick a ball into the bullpen in right field, uh, the Red Sox blow big leads in games three and four at home and win both of them. I mean, that, that's that's embarrassing for the Rays. Yeah. Who Wander Franco stole home in the first game. They won game one. And when they won game one, it's all these, you know, drippy anecdote stories. But this Rays team, you know, for years they got by by being perfect. But now they have the talent, too. And it's over for the league, and it wasn't over for the league, and it's certainly not over for the league now. Um, th- this team doesn't win playoff series yet. But I, I don't know. I, I honestly, if they get locked in a 4-5 with Toronto, I would rather, if the Yankees hold the bye, I would rather see them in the next round than Toronto. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, man, I don't. I, I can't believe what I'm seeing from this Rays team. And these were both close games. You just could have lost both of these games, but the difference is they didn't. So far, they're <laughs> four and they're four and two against the Rays this year. And Taylor Wall stole one of those games single handedly. It could be five and one. Uh, and again, this is in a season where I'm being told the Yankees don't play good teams. I'm being told the Yankees don't beat good teams. The Yankees are seventeen and seven against teams that are over five hundred. And the whole AL East is good, by the way. Yeah. Like in case. Like I don't, you don't need to say you shouldn't need to say that, but I guess you do because people are still saying, "Well, the Yankees are beating all these mid teams." Blue Jays are twelve over or something. Blue Jays are on a ninety-six win pace, and they're not. They're ten. They're nine back of the Yankees because the Yankees are forty-six and sixteen. Yeah, how it goes. Um, the the Rays are you know eight over. The Red Sox are five over. The Orioles are the most competitive last place team in baseball which doesn't sound like a compliment until you actually look at the record and they're like 28 and 37, I think like, yeah, 10, there's yeah. nothing to be ashamed of what they're doing. And they're just in last place. I mean, that's a fourth place record. That's a moderately decent team. If they're out of the AL East, they could be a, approaching 500. Yeah. So this is the best division in baseball. And the Yankees are the best team in baseball because they're beating the teams in their division. They haven't played a lot of Red Sox yet. The Red Sox have not played winning teams in, in over a month. 38 games in a row, four against teams with a winning record. So we'll see what they are at the end of this. It's easy for pitchers like Josh Winkowski to come up from AAA and dominate when you're facing the Oakland A's at home. Uh, We'll see what that looks like when you end up getting a a thicker schedule. But again, could the A's have played more games against teams over 500? Sure, I guess. No team is within 100 percentage points of their winning percentage against teams over 500. They beat everybody right now. And it's not particularly lucky. They're the best team in every metric. Pitching, offense, defense. So unless you, yeah, and you have to respect it, tested something luck. Yeah, you have to respect it because last year it was the Yankees shooting themselves in the foot constantly. Um, and what what happened in those games? 
teams took the win against the Yankees, laughed at the Yankees and said, yeah, we just kicked your ass. And it, it may have been because, you know, one day we out hit you or one day we played better defense, but also you decided to make stupid mistakes and not have your head in the game and not play fundamental baseball. Um, so it's not my problem if the Rays aren't going to play fundamental baseball. We did it all last year. We cost ourselves a home wild card game because of it. We cost ourselves a potential very special season because of it. And now we tightened up at the margins and the Rays may not have tightened up. They, you know, they really didn't do that much. Uh, they didn't do that much this off season. They lost a, a bunch of guys who were valuable. So not my problem. Now I'm going to enjoy the wins where somebody else is shooting themselves in the foot and we're playing very tight baseball. We went from, we got a stable of guys who throw 98 to the Yankees are beatable to the replay review was mean to me. It's unfair. In a, in a year and a half. The replay review is unfair. A five-year-old could have made that call, Yandy Diaz said. They could have made it fucking wrong, Yandy. <laughs> like a five-year-old could have made that call. It's, uh, you show a five-year-old a picture of a foot on the base with the ball in his glove. Anybody could have made that call. I'm looking at I'm looking at the picture, dude. I don't know what you're. T- I don't know what you're trying to. I don't know what you're getting at. Yeah, a five-year-old could make the proper call in that sale because anybody could. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand, and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Now, Aroldis Chapman uh, is alive. I feel him breathing. Uh, I don't want to. He worked out before this series. It gets increasingly difficult to say, I don't want him. Because look at the middle of this Yankee bullpen, and, and they're down Loizaga, who's in the dugout during this series and hanging out and might be back soon and says he's coming back soon, according to his Instagram story. Y- you're not getting Chad Green back. You're getting Chapman back at some point. You're only getting Domingo Herman back, who's on the verge of a rehab assignment. In what capacity, I don't know. 46 and 16 team at some point is going to have to start skipping starts or like piggybacking Severino and, and Nestor. Yeah. And I guess that that's the role for Domingo Herman. You, you like, you put him in the middle of a series and go, you're probably going to lose, but we need you to pitch today. I guess that's what's going on. Um, but you can't look at that. You can't look at what we saw yesterday, right? Which was, uh, you know, Litke coming in into a jam, Miguel Castro in the eighth of a three run game. I guess a three run game is when you want to use Miguel Castro. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that bullpen lineup, but without Michael King, uh, pretty weak. Right, Castro yeah. is sort of a sixth inning guy, matchup guy, a guy who you want to pull at the first sign of trouble. Not really the eighth inning guy. Wandy Peralta has been so overused lately. You end up with Litke in the eighth again. It's hard to look at that and say Aroldis Chapman in the eighth wouldn't be a benefit here. Then again, knowing that you're playing the whole game to get you Aroldis Chapman in the ninth has been eternally frustrating for Yankee fans. And so if he's ready to come back, and you've got Sherlock Holmes, who again is approaching Mariano Rivera territory. It's very uncomfortable to even think about removing him from that closer's role. Aaron Boone said he's thinking about floating him around a little bit, using him against the best the opponent has to offer, whether that's the seventh or eighth. That's kind of been Michael King's job with Holmes as the closer. I don't know if I love removing that ninth inning security, but then again, that's kind of just how the modern bullpen works. So if Boone's going to be honest and he's really going to use Holmes in the best scenarios for him, I guess, sure, I guess that's fine. But the idea of saying, you know, 11 saves, ERA under 0.3, not 3, 0.3, and you're going to the All-Star game and just saying, yeah, you know, that guy everyone hates is going to take your job now, though. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good, but I like this role for Clay Holmes anyway because I want I, – I don't think – I think the closer job is nothing. That's been my opinion on the closer pretty much forever. I understand the ninth inning carries pressure and expectations unlike no other. But if you're facing the seven, eight, nine hitters in the ninth inning with a three-run lead, is that high pressure? Do you need your best pitcher going in on that moment? Or do you need your best pitcher maybe coming in in the seventh to face the heart of the order with runners on second and third when you're clinging on to a two-run lead? Um, So Aaron Boone said that, Clay Holmes will be tasked with facing the best parts of the opposing lineups, and he will also get saves. Um, I don't know what that means for a role to Chapman, to be honest with you. Um, I think that means maybe Chapman will get kind of those 
dumpy save situations that I was talking about just a minute ago. Um, not entirely high leverage. I don't think a role to Chapman's coming in with the Yankees hanging on to a one run lead when, you know, three, four five hitters are coming up. I don't think that's going to be his role. Um, I think he's going to be used a little bit more sparingly uh, because of this injury. Um, and the Yankees do need all the bullpen help they can get. Um, so you're not going to be seeing him overworked um, to the magnitude of which Clay Holmes is at this rate. Um, but if Clay Holmes is feeling, that's the other thing with pitchers. Like if Clay Holmes is feeling good, then just keep throwing him. Just monitor his progress. And if he can keep throwing 20 pitches a night, then, you know, give him a day off here and there. But if he's ready to go, he's ready to go. Um, Earldis Chapman has been failed by his body a multitude of times over the last few years. Um, shoulder issue, elbow issue, finger issue, now Achilles issue. Um, so he's he's reaching a point in his career where he may, might be breaking down a little bit. Um, I, uh, I don't, I wish there would just be more honesty with how more uh, open-minded Chapman can be used. I don't know why Chapman has to be a ninth inning guy. And that's the end of the story. Um, I know that's the case with some other guys like this past off season, there was buzz that, Josh Hader refuses to throw more. He refuses to do split inning duty and he won't throw more than one inning. Yeah. Um, yeah. If some guys are like that, if they have the status to kind of control that narrative for themselves and great um, to me, Chapman's been on the decline for like three or four years now. So I don't think he holds that power anymore. He's entering a contract year. The Yankees owe him nothing. Um, they've in fact gave him too much. Um, so he owes the Yankees a little bit more. I don't know why there would be a problem using him in the seventh or eighth. Um, I don't think that that's a, that's the thing. It's, it's you, you have the closer role and it's, it's a job. You're, you're the closer. You're the, you're the biggest man on campus in the bullpen. That's your job. You're the biggest man. Yeah. In he is actually the biggest man. He's huge. Um, but in reality, it should just be, how are we going to bridge the gap to get to the end of the game? to get all the outs that we need to get, um, whether it's the ninth inning or the seventh inning. I will go back to referencing Andrew Miller in 2016 for as long as I live because that was the best use of your most valuable arm that any manager had ever had ever utilized in modern history, in my opinion, or since I've been coherently watching baseball and understanding what baseball is about as, as an adult um, or you know, after my frontal lobe finally fused. Yeah. Um, so there's gotta be a way where Clay Holmes is not feeling slighted with Roldis Chapman taking save situations and Roldis Chapman not feeling slighted about maybe coming in in the seventh inning. Um, but I think Aaron Boone made it clear. Clay Holmes is the most important reliever. Um, and there is not going to be any limitation to where he's deployed, which I do like that philosophy. However, it wasn't outright said, he, you know, Aroldis Chapman's not our closer anymore because Aroldis Chapman is still technically on paper, you know, for for the last few years the closer. So until you say he is not our closer anymore, he's still the closer. So Clay Holmes's job over the last you know three weeks or however long it's been is in theory kind of being taken away. But I think the way in which he's going to be utilized is going to be more important. Yeah, and obviously they're going to let Chapman walk after this year, and so the Holmes yeah. thing solves that conundrum. It's like some guys just can't handle the ninth after trying the eighth. Not this guy. 
I can clearly handle the ninth. It made watching ninth inning baseball so comfortable. So he's going to get his save ops at some point. Uh, here, here we go. I, I think Chapman gets traded from from Bob. I mean, that I don't think just because. Um, Where again, could he go? Do you think? Uh, again, look, look at the middle part of that bullpen and, and just like, what would you rather? Roldis Chapman putting out fires, Lidke putting out fires, like Miguel Castro pitching the eighth or Clay Holmes pitching the eighth. As as bummed as we all are by Roldis Chapman's very recent history, and I don't want to see him anywhere near a close playoff game. Uh, you know, it, the disasters make you forget about the ones he did save. He saved yeah. the extremely tight one 2017 on the road in Cleveland. He mm-hmm. saved the 2020 game in Cleveland that ended the wild card series. I'm not proud of this. I'm not fist pumping at those. Like you're supposed to save almost all of them. So yes. I'm not like, wow, he's, he's elite. Like I'm not, I'm not the role of Chapman resurgence bandwagon. Uh, and when he's gone, you breathe a sigh of relief. But then again, you watch a game like yesterday, four, one, two, one in the eighth. Don't you want to bring Clay Holmes in there and then use Chapman against the eight, nine, one in the ninth inning. Yes, you sir. can't because you got to use Holmes as your closer. So you got Litke there. I mean, you're missing Loizaga. You're missing Chad Green. These are significant pieces that you're missing. Uh, so I welcome Chapman back. When he comes back, I just don't really want to see him be just the, you know, all caps closer. And again, he's leaving after this season, whether he wants to or not. Yeah. Uh, he was stating some things like he'd like a long-term deal with the Yankees. I mean, I would, I too would like a long-term deal with the Yankees. Uh, I don't see either of those as viable options. He's 34. It'll be 35 next year. That's just not going to happen. You you might get a year from the Guardians. Move Emmanuel Class A back to the eighth inning. Like, where is he getting traded? I don't know. I mean, legitimately nowhere. Like, who would do a mutually beneficial swap with the first place Yankees? The Brewers? The Cardinals? The Cardinals? The Giants? The Giants? Steven the Duggar. Dodgers. Steven Duggar for Aroldis Chapman. The Dodgers bullpen is really bad. Yeah. And they're not getting Blake Trinan back. So, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but there's there's teams that they, someone can make something work. The Yankees trading Chapman to the Dodgers and then facing the Dodgers in the World Series would be the absolute dream. But at this point, I, I, I do think he stays put. Um, again, just look at that first. That first line of defense is Holmes and King right now yep. and Wandy Peralta. Yeah, and the second line of defense is Castro, Litke, Ron Marinaccio, Clark Schmidt. That's not a bullpen. No, no, sir. Holmes and King are so good, and King yeah. has gotten his mojo back, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, the Yankees just beat the bejesus out of the Cubs. That had nothing to do with the bullpen, right? The Yankees just won two tight games against the Rays, thanks to Holmes and King in the first one, and then hanging on for dear life in the second one. So. They will welcome Aroldis Chapman back, and I think we have to accept that reality. Um, another reality we have to accept, Aaron Judge, best player in baseball. Seeing a little Jose Ramirez MVP talk, it's giving me bad Altuve vibes from 2017. There's no case against Aaron Judge so far this year. 25 homers, it's like 50 ribs, hitting 310, uh, best war in baseball, already 3.4 war after two months. Um, it's Jesus, just... Jose Ramirez, though. Yeah, Second best player behind Aaron Judge, for wow. sure. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a legitimate race. He leads the league with 62 RBIs. He's got 16 bombs. He's only struck out 17 times in 58 games. 307 average, 1.053 OPS, 198 OPS plus. So, shit. That's going to come down to the wire. Yeah, but it's Judge. For me. It's Judge. Especially, especially if the Yankees go 
and have an historic end of the season. Uh, yeah. Regardless, the arbitration case is hanging over Aaron Judge and the Yankees, not just the year-end contract talks, which is awesome. Because remember, Brian Cashman tried to sneak a one-year $17 million deal into his long-term offer. Judge wanted one-year 21 for this year of ARB. That is almost no money between those two offers. $4 million, $4 million to the Yankees. He's already been worth $4 million to the Yankees this year. The arbitrators, if they do go, cannot think about this season, apparently. They are not allowed to think about Aaron Judge trying yeah, to break no. Roger Maris's Yankees home run record. That's not something they can think about. But you know what? They know that Aaron Judge has carried the Yankees in 2022. They are objectively aware of that. It has to color their perception, regardless of whether it should. So now we're getting to the point where we've got Ken Rosenthal begging the Yankees not to take Judge to arbitration in a column that dropped this week. Uh, it's only going to create more animosity ahead of an offseason where, honestly, we thought Judge was wrangling for an overpay. Uh, at, when the season started and he turned down the 213, we thought that deal was reasonable. That deal is not reasonable. Judge is almost definitely getting 290 to 300 to 310. Probably not getting 360, but 310, 300, 295. A lot of money. The least thing you want to do if you're the Yankees, the last thing you want to do is back Judge into a corner and start bad-mouthing him in an arbitration hearing in the middle of the season where, again, he is your team leader and de facto captain and you are 30 games over 500 on June 16th. Thomas Carinante, make it make sense. Uh, the Cubs just did this with Wilson Contreras. How have these two sides not already settled on something? Yeah, um, and we talked about this earlier. I think maybe them trying to sneak in the arbitration uh, ter- uh, the arbitration salary on their terms in that contract extension probably rubbed him the wrong way. Uh, it would rub me the wrong way because look, you're already technically, you're giving me a good deal, but technically it's a, it's the, it's the highest risk you're willing to take, which is obviously a relatively lower risk because you're taking advantage of the time that, you know, I missed on the field um, and this and that. And then, on top of making the deal as advantageous for you as it possibly could have been, now you're going to screw me on the raise that I think I'm I'm worthy of. Um, so I don't know what the solution is here in terms of what the Yankees are thinking, um, in terms of if Judge is willing to meet in the middle. Um, if I'm the Yankees, and this is just my theory because I – I'd like to think if I was a businessman, I'd be a pretty good businessman, like just a nice guy because I like being nice to people. Um, i just give them the 21 million. Say, hey, man, here's the 21 mil. Done great work for us. Make us a ton of money advertising, marketing, all that stuff. Um, here's a little precursor to how we're going to negotiate in the offseason. I don't know. Maybe the world is more cutthroat than that in baseball than I've been exposed to or that I think. Uh, but you're talking about a guy who rejected your deal, took a massive gamble, whether judge thinks it's a gamble or not. Anytime you turn down 230 something million dollars, it's just inherently a gamble. Um, so I know judge is perfectly confident in his abilities and the, the point that he's reached right now has exponentially increased the price from this past off season. Um, but the Yankees have a tough road ahead of them because of all that. So they can lessen the blow here. They can make this as inclusive 
of a negotiation as they possibly could if they just bit the bullet, gave up an extra $4 million for him for this year, and then made whatever financials worked with anything else. I know they're going to have needs at the trade deadline. I know that potentially extra $4 million might push them over that um, second threshold, if I'm not mistaken, um, just because Judge's salary um, – According to uh, you know some of the payroll, I think like Spot Track and Baseball Reference, I think he's he was like projected at eighteen million. Mm-hmm. So if you had another three million of that, you're pushing yourself closer up against the threshold. I forget where the Yankees are exactly on the threshold, but they're damn close. Two sixty, two hundred sixty million is where they would go over next and get taxed again. Um, so I understand the problems that it might create, but that's a small problem, very small problem to have. Pay an extra few million, pay a few extra hundred thousand, whatever it is in tax. You make your best player happy. You maybe have him reverse course on talking to other teams in free agency because you make it, you make the deal in good faith. You you backtrack on what you did a couple of months ago. Um, forget about them agreeing. Just give them the money because they're not going to. They're clearly not going to come to an agreement because they haven't come to an agreement yet. Um, and for as uh, for a player of judge's stature and the amount of money he's making, I don't think he's going to settle. I think he'd rather just leave it up to somebody else to decide because he knows baseball teams act in their best interest. They want to save the most money as possible. That's what they do. Um, so there is no, and I'm not saying judge should bend. I don't think he should bend. If he's confident that he'll make the 21 million, let it go to arbitration. Enjoy. But the Yankees just shouldn't even let it get there. We saw the ugly battle that they had with Dylan Batances years ago. Um, there's just no need for it. The, the resulting headlines from this, what are the headlines going to be when this happened? Judge beats Yankees in arbitration, mm-hmm. proves that they're being cheap, <clears throat> something along those lines, or Yankees defeat Judge in arbitration case, he'll make $17 million. Now he's probably pissed off. Um, so you're not going to get a single good headline out of this. There's going to be no good vibes regardless of what happens. Even if Judge wins, it's going to look like the, the Yankees tried to suppress a wage and they failed. Um, just give them the money. Give them the money, end this, great headlines out of it. Yankees do what they are what they should have done since the beginning, and they saw the light. Great. New York Post can't even write a bad headline about that. No, it matters in the short and long term. It matters yes. in the long term to keep your best player happy. And in the short term, who wants to screw up this season right yeah. now? You're going to put a court case in the middle of the season? Like, are the Yankees that stupid? I don't think they are. <laughs> we'll find out. I really don't think they're that dumb. Um, it, it judge doesn't sound like he wants to leave in free agency. He never really did. You know, people keep trying yeah. to prod him on it. And he says all the right things. He says, you know, I'm going, he doesn't even say what Mookie Betts said. He doesn't even say I need to set the precedent for the future me's because there is no future Aaron judge. There, yeah. There's very unlikely to be a six, seven behemoth center fielder who's raising his salary so much in his final year of, of team control. He, he just wants to he wants to talk, and he wants to be a Yankee. And every time people ask him, he goes, Yankee for life, man, that's crazy. But obviously, we'll talk to whoever wants to talk to us. He just keeps saying Yankee, Yankee, Yankee. So don't let this get in the way. Get the job done in the offseason. I flipped for sure. I was ready to let him walk if he wouldn't take like a 240, 250. Now you're seeing what a hell like you're going to have. Will you ever replicate this year? I don't know. But Judge's prime, what, two, three more years of this? You have You have to pay for that. And yeah. so you accept that the deal's bad down the line because you have to pay for as much of this as you can possibly get. This is a better walk year than Mookie Betts had. 
And the Yankees paid the Yankees paid pennies on the dollar for his rookie season. Um, and then even when he was on the field for limited spurts, he still played in over a hundred games in those two seasons where he was injured. I know that's not a lot and it's not enough, but he was still a top player in baseball. So you're getting the contributions. You're paying a fraction of the price anyway. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like he was sitting and not playing at all, or he wasn't producing at all. You were still paying cost-effective money for tremendous production. Um, and he's been a marketing icon for you. People come to Yankee games to watch Aaron judge. They don't come. I'm not saying they don't come for anybody else, but Aaron judge is the main attraction. You want to see giant Superman hero, Aaron judge in center field, taking four steps to track down a ball in the gap. It's cool. You want to see him hit a home run every single night, which is what he's doing. Think about kids who are like, Oh, mom and dad, I want to go see Aaron judge. Great. He's hitting a home run every other night. So our money's going to be worth it. Isn't it? We'll go, we'll go watch him do that. Um, and he's going to continue to sell tickets. He's a great person. He's a great, um, presence with the media. Um, you see him in all the ads, Jersey Mike's T-Mobile. I'm sure there's more in the works at the those moment. Are the big, so, those are the big guns, Jersey Mike's and T-Mobile. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's there. He's front facing. He's, he doesn't shy away from things. It's, it's a win-win for all. There's no reason to let this drag out and potentially affect the relationship. Um, especially when you have the resources, that's the main argument here. If you have the resources to how many times do teams pay hush money? You know, we saw the Dodgers do it, covering up all this shit with Yasiel Puig. Um, and then, uh, they didn't cover anything up with Bauer, but you know, they've had to deal with the repercussions of all of this, which is undoubtedly costing money. So the amount of the way that some teams go out of their way to pay, to make problems go away. So you never hear about them. It happens all the time. Um, you, you're probably watching it happen right now with the Washington commanders. Dan Snyder is just throwing money left and right to try and cover shit up. That's what they do. Why not just use the money to cover good shit up. Just don't even make, stop a pro, stop a problem. That's not even a bad problem. Like this is not a controversy. Aaron judge and the Yankees. It's just the thing we don't want to hear about. This is the most loud media market in the world. You're going to hear negative things about it, regardless of what the result is. Just throw money at the problem and make it go away. It's not even that much money. It's $4 million and it's not even 4 million. It's just 4 million based on what you think you might be able to get away with. And you might not get away with it. So you're going to drag along the process. You, you might, you have a chance of losing it and you could just end it now. You could have ended it two months ago. Could have ended it right before the see, Hey, here's 21 million. We'll talk to you. Uh, we'll talk to you again in November. Thanks, man. Just so simple. It's all so simple. Just like the season so far. Yeah. Just beat everybody. That's so simple. Sign Aaron Judge, $4 million. That's so simple. Jack up ticket prices in the, in the chambers by $1 a ticket. <laughs> so, so simple that's it's easy folks it's easy to do our jobs especially when the Yankees are 30 games over 500 in the middle of June that is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts Google Podcasts Spotify wherever you get your podcast drop us a five-star review drop us a mailbag question we are so sorry we were not able to get to the hundreds of pornographic comments in the uh, sidebar We'll address all those. If you leave them in a few, we will talk about those on the next podcast. YouTube is a great place to be. Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, where can the people find you?
Right there, baby, at Tommy's underscore takes. Uh, you can find us in our bylines at yanksgoyard.com. Tons of content there every single day. It's a fun time. Uh, talk to us on the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account as well, at Yanks Go Yard FS. Let's sweep the Rays and let's enjoy our weekend. Good weather, good times. Come on, baby, let's go. At Toronto and then obviously at Tampa. The big series do not end, but the first one is already won. So what do you say we keep the foot on the gas pedal to sweep these boys? Uh, we got a stable of guys who throw 98 too. And we're, we think you're beatable. So that's all, that's that on that. We'll see you on Monday. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.